Welcome back. Episode 15, 16, sorry, of season two. I am Pushan P Money, and we got Ryan fucking Knowles in the house. What's going on? What up, P Money? Man, second triple header in the last seven weeks. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, it was um it was an interesting weekend. I yeah. was yeah, I I I don't know what to say about it yet. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, I feel like every weekend is super historic this year with Lewis, you know, catching up with Michael and all that. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give my my stats before we get into this episode. You ready for this? Yeah. Just side note, though, I have the first haircut, um, my first haircut I've had since COVID started. So that is also historic. Wow. So wait, so how does that work? Because I feel like a lot of people are afraid of going into these barbershops now. You put a you put a mask on and and they cut your hair. <laughs> Pretty fucking okay, simple. So, <laughs> just like before, except you don't get hair in your mouth. Okay, cool. Yeah, actually it's, it's a better, you know, I think it's it might even be better, arguably. <laughs> it's more hygienic. I like it. I like this new this new world we're in. All right, so you ready for some numbers? All right, launch it, stat boy. All right, Hamilton, uh, once again, 92nd pole, 80th race victory, so comes within three of Michael and becomes all-time leader in podiums with 156. So that's stat number one. Verstappen's fifth straight podium. Okay. Uh, Botas' 50th career podium, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he's actually just one short of two-time world champion Mika Hakkinen, who was a fucking badass. Um in this race, we got we got a little stat for Kimi Raikkonen, who hasn't been really here this season because of his alpha, but now holds the record for most race distance covered by an F1 driver at 83,847 kilometers, which is twice the circumference of the Earth. That's a lot of time. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine like just Kimi driving an F1 car around the Earth? Just in a straight line. <laughs> I can totally see that, actually. Uh, steering wheel. Give me the steering wheel. <laughs> Mercedes has now led for the 29th consecutive race, but that is not a record. The record is at 44. Guess which team that is? Um, Ferrari. Ooh, yeah, that was a trick question. It's not. It's a Renault, 94 to 97, but Shumi was involved in that. And... Back to Lewis Hamilton, who has now won four consecutive Spanish Grand Prix. And here's an interesting stat of how fast the cars are getting. Check this out. Turn nine, the right uh, blind turn going uphill before that mini straight on the back. In 2014, Hamilton took it at 209 kilometers. Guess what was the speed going through this weekend? Like maybe 10, 15 faster. 268 kilometers holy shit <laughs> that was probably in quality full beans you said 209 Ooh. and 268 yep that's a wow. pretty big difference so that's like yeah that's that's almost 50 kmh an hour more or kmh kmh an hour it's already there's hour the hour's already there um <laughs> It's, it's. I'm still kind of waking up here in the U.S., but um, yeah, that's wild. Holy shit! Yeah, almost sixty actually. Um, damn. So that's that's it for the stats. That was a lot this week. Oh, the last one, but we'll get into that. It's like it's more of a race stat. I'll give you that later. But how about I let's roll that intro and we'll get into Rose's latest victory. Question for all of you except Romain Grosjean. To whom it may concern, fuck you. More ladies in the paddock? Yeah, more, more, more paddock access, access to, uh, to some women. There's too many dudes. I don't really have a lot to comment on that, except that he was being a pussy. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Ooh, so on Friday, we had Rockford back this weekend. Yeah. Um, flipped on the TV. I was uh, house sitting at our, our boy Ian's place, um, taking in some air conditioning, which is not very common here in Europe. And I see fucking Nico Rosberg on TV. What was your first reaction when you saw that? I was like, I mean, the dude can probably. Uh, <laughs> first of all, his haircut. I don't know what. The, <laughs> it looks like he had like a, a braid going through the back of his head. Um, I, I was going to ask you, does he need a haircut too? It seems like his hair is going to. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him the connect to my barber here in New York. He can fly his ass over and, and, and get it get it touched up. I don't know, man. Like. <clears throat> maybe he's going for a look. I don't know. Um, but like anything Nico Rosberg related, I don't approve. <laughs> Done. All right. Next. Uh, you know what? I, I had that same reaction, but what pissed me off more is that throughout the weekend, he was actually dishing out some really good technical feedback on sky. And I know I hated it, but I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I was like, you know, it wasn't. It was like stuff that that you really only talk about in a garage, um, which I I had to say I appreciated. But then I then I caught myself and I was like, what What's wrong with you? What's going on? Do you need to go <laughs> yeah. see a doctor? <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, let's never compliment Nico again. <laughs> so, Lewis Hamilton. Yep. Yeah. Eighty eighth victory. It. It looked, it just looked so fucking easy out there this weekend. You know, he he put on at the end of the race. He was like, sometimes I really wonder if Lewis, in those moments, you know, he he, he kind of does the, um, like you know, it was a really difficult race out there, and and I don't doubt it because it was a hot one this weekend. Um, like you, we saw that that image of of Chow getting out of his car, and he just looked absolutely roasted. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's like, I feel like Lewis gets himself so in his own that it, it, it doesn't even phase him. And he kind of puts on that, that act to, you know, kind of, I guess be perceived as, as humble, which I think he actually, I think he truly is, um, in those moments. But, um, yeah, it looked like he didn't step one wrong foot this weekend once again. Yeah. And he, yeah, what did he say? He's like, yeah, was this the last lab? I was in the zone there. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. He he tends to do that, and he, and sometimes he'll say he has like a terrible memory. Uh, but you know what? He did he did kind of uh, get a little emotional when the interviewee told him he had uh, the record for the podium. So I do think that he does think of that uh, a lot, and it does mean a lot. So yeah, great weekend for him. Um, he extends his lead to thirty seven points in the championship which is, you know, just a lot. Um, and yeah, he just pretty much had control of it the whole weekend. Uh, Valtteri wasn't often qualifying, but in the race, he, uh, well, as we saw at the start, he didn't quite, uh, he wasn't quite able to bring it. So we can say that Lewis is like in, in beast mode, the champion mode right now. Dude is in, yeah, I mean, it, I'm. are we shocked though? I mean, are we, we really... I don't know why there's still a conversation about Lewis in these moments. Like he's going to do that. That's kind of what he, you know, Max is the only one who I think is an actual title challenger at the moment. But, um, and we saw, you know, that, that start the Valtteri got and then stroll. um, I mean, I got to give it to Lance stroll on that. Holy shit. Like he had very Mm -hmm. little wiggle room there and he, that was a ballsy move he made. Um, rocket rocket fucking start there i i feel like he was almost or like slightly on the grass too which made it like even more impressive that's the start that boats needed and i don't know if you saw in the end of the race but boats is like attitude was just completely dejected he's like yeah you know i don't know what's going on anymore uh, but he talks a lot of game before the race of like yeah i'm gonna be p1 in turn one but i feel like i just can't believe anything he says anymore he just doesn't have it he doesn't have that step that unfortunately Nico Rosberg was there to kind of pick up the pieces whenever Lewis slightly messed up. Rosberg, uh, Botas can't do that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, I, I did like a side-by-side comparison of, of Stroll's dash to um, Valtteri's dash. And it was really interesting to see how quickly 
Stroll is getting up to speed um, and shifting versus Valtteri. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a race car driver, but um, you know, I, I like to pretend I am one sometimes. And um, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you, you sit there, but it, it was interesting to see how quickly um, Lance gets his car up to speed in that moment versus versus Valtteri. Um, it was almost as if Valtteri didn't have his foot on the throttle as hard as he could have. And it just, I don't know. It just, it, he, he just didn't get his car up to speed. Like he's. Yeah. He, I think, I think Valtteri said he had wheel spin in the second phase. So that's after the launch, right. which, you know, at, at that point, it's not a huge deal, but it's enough for uh stroll to get that mega toe off of both the cars in front of him and swoop inside kind of like Alonso did like back in 2012. And uh, yeah, pretty much, man, he, bullied his way through to p3 and that was botas's race fucked right there oh yeah he lost a race in that moment yeah although you know yeah i mean do you do you personally think he could have you think he would have finished p2 if it wasn't for that um i mean i I don't like i don't like speculating on that i think it's yeah I, i do think it's it's possible that he would have finished p2 um but then i think max i don't know max is also on a different level right now the kid is the kid is good he is i mean i'll say it he i think i said it last episode and i'll say it again he is the heir to michael schumacher max verstappen is a fucking animal and it's scary what he's doing right now in the red bull when you see Albon, who's been struggling so much, I think Albon what I think Albon qualified sixth and finished P eight, and just like talk about being teammates with either like Lewis or Max right now is probably I think Horner said it. It's the worst job in the world. It's like you have the hardest job in the world right now. Probably not the worst because let's face it, they're F one drivers. But well, Ooh. hold on. I, I, I you said Max is the heir to the the Shumi throne. No, 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 no. I didn't say it like that. I said Max is the heir. He's like, he's the driver that reminds me the most of Michael Schumacher in his uh, approach to racing. Gotcha. And no, no, I'm not, I'm not even getting into that uh, GOAT conversation. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we across that bridge that. when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. But Max, I mean, I mean, Max is clearly outperforming the car. Like Albon is no slouch, but Max just, I don't, I, I don't understand how he outdrives it week in and week out, you know? He's well. That's what makes the the comparison between him and Albon so interesting, is because um, Albon, I think later in the race, was talking about how you know the tires are just. He said, I think specifically, like the tires are just going at, at you know seven laps at lap seven or lap eight, and you know Max was saying the same sort of stuff, right? But he's still able to get that much more out of the car. Um, than Albon. Albon even said, like, I don't know what more I can do to get, you know, to, to get pace out of this car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Max had to add a lot of banter with his, his engineers on the weekend, but um, he still managed to, to do what he did. So it, it, to me, that's a testament of just how good Max actually is. Right. And there's, you know, and this very much was a tire management race, which let's face it, we're not fans of this as, you know, racing fans, but it does show how a driver can, how much better a driver is to his teammate. Like Lewis did a brilliant tire management job during the race. There was actually a string of laps where when he started pulling away from Max, Max couldn't react anymore. And apparently he did like 10 laps in a row and like within like, you know, two or three tenths, like like a metronome. And he just built up that gap. And I think similarly, Max can do that in his car better than Albon can. And when you're qualifying, you know, kind of third, fourth row like Albon is, you're not making your life easier by being in the dirty air and, you know, we see how sensitive these cars are. So yeah, Albon needs to fucking step it up in quality, I think, because that would make his life much easier. Yeah, Christian Horner even came out and said, he's like, you know, we, we kind of expected the the race that Alex had, we, we kind of expected that given that he was sitting in dirty air the entire time. But yeah, you're right. Like 
if if he doesn't want that to be a problem, he's got to step up in quality. And also, like, I don't, I, I don't want to like throw Albon under the bus, but I, I just feel like we're starting to hear a lot of whining on his radio recently. Yeah, honestly, man, it it's for me, it's a carbon copy of what happened to Gasly last year. If you look at, he was getting frustrated on the radio, and Red Bull are never very reassuring with the drivers when they do that. And that's what pisses me off is that they're giving him a similar treatment, slightly more patient with Albon, but you can still tell they're like, well, you need to go faster. You know, it's, and I don't think that's constructive. Well, yeah, especially when it's, it's really like, I mean, it's on the car, right? Like we look at Max and, uh, and Albon had very similar tire degradation throughout the race. Right. Um, Max was able to manage it better. And I think that just has to do with Max's, you know, first of all, time in an F1 car and, and I think just an innate ability to manage his tires better. Um, so, but Red Bull isn't doing anything to like help that situation because it's, it's a, it's an engineering flaw in the car. So. Yeah, and I've also heard that you know Max can can drive a car that's slightly more nervous in the front, and obviously you know the other Red Bull drivers weren't able to adapt. I mean, you know, he's just he's just that kind of driver. He he can outperform the car just like Shumi did back in the day. Uh, just like a lot of you know other great drivers, you know that's where they show their their strength, in my opinion. And I mean, Albon is probably a good driver, but will he ever? I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much, but like he's he's further away to max than Gasly was last year in qualifying and Ferrari is not even there anymore. So I don't understand why he can't qualify. He needs to be ahead of the racing points. At least like there is a gap and he yeah. just can't get in there. But I, I, I think, and we, we've probably spoken about this on, on previous episodes, but um, Red Bull's looking at data that we don't have access to. And I just, I have a hunch that, Albon is performing um, better. I mean, he really he is actually uh, in the race performing better than than Gasly was. So I think that's they're encouraged by that. Um, he's not afraid to overtake. That's another thing. Um, you know, the kid sends it on some pretty risky uh, in some pretty risky situations, and. He does. I'll I give him know, that. I, he's he's definitely more racy than Gasly yeah, was last year. Was last year. I mean, Gasly's looking racy this year, which is great. Um, but I think he's got, uh, you know, there's there's a difference in team, and you know what we're seeing is is again like what you just said. Red Bull does not do a great job. Like Max is Max is uh, kind of an arrogant prick sometimes, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. The heir to Shumi, that's what I said. Right. So like, was he, he's got like an innate confidence where it's like he's not going to be shook by certain moments. Like Max is just going to come back and he's gonna like, I'm Max Verstappen and I know what, what I want and I know what I'm going to do. Whereas like I think Albon and Gasly are a little bit, you know, maybe need a little needed a little bit more um, reassurance, a little bit more like, it's all right, buddy. You know, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> it's all right. You know, Um which is each driver is different. So, um, but, but you're not going to get that in Red Bull. Red Bull's, I think of all the, like if, if let's say this, if they had like total wolf style of management, I think those drivers could really thrive, but that's not what you get at Red Bull. Right. No. And, you know, I think we should get into this maybe on, in our, in, in the next episode, because I have a lot to say about, you know, the similarities and differences between, Gasly and Albon treatment, but let's move. Let's move to the um, to the midfield. Gasly, as you said, has been looking racy, and he he's been putting in, I think, his best performances of his career since that move back to Toro Rosso. Uh, makes it to Q three. He Alpha, basically Alpha kicks Tauri, the shit out of it's Alpha Tauri. It's not Toro Rosso anymore. Get it right, right? But since he made his return to Toro Rosso last oh. year, motherfucker, and it was still Toro Rosso. Yeah, but it, I know, but like, let's not. It's yeah. now Alpha Tauri. Like, right? Yeah, if you're gonna call me out, though, I'm gonna give you some details. Well, you got to make that clear, you know, for the audience. So, <laughs> formerly Toro Rosso, <laughs> and now Alpha Tauri. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and he's been he's been racing, and you know who I think is like not in a really good position. The Red Bull family is uh, Kvyat. I think 
I think Albon say, but Kvyat is not putting in the performances. Gasly's getting points. And actually, here's that stat I want to throw at you earlier. Gasly finished right behind Albon, 0.589 from him. So a couple more laps and Gasly might have actually beaten Albon. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this too. That, that I think Gasly's out driving that, that Alpha Tauri. Yeah, totally. He's definitely thriving there. But what about that midfield? The midfield is exciting, man. It's yeah, so we it's had so unpredictable right now. Can we even? I mean, first of all, can we even put Racing Point in the midfield, or are they like in their own kind of no man's land for now? I feel. I feel like it's for uh, Mercedes, sorry, Red Bull, Racing Point, and then the midfield. What do you think? Um, I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, because if we look at yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far yet. Because like we're we're still seeing the racing points mix it up in the midfield. You're right. Yeah. So I mean, like Lewis lapped every single driver up until like the only driver that was on the same lap was Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> so he lapped the whole field through Stroll. Who so racing point got P4 and P5, and yeah, I think I mean they're slightly ahead. And it's maybe more of like a track thing. Some tracks they might be they have more of an advantage than others but yeah that that midfield is looking super tight you had what was it um signs vettel albon gasly and norris all finishing within you know just like a couple seconds and that's like four or five different constructors right there so that's pretty exciting yeah that's where we get yeah yeah you've got 20 points between p5 and p10 right now which is i mean you've got let's see stroll albon lando Checo, Carlos Sainz, and Daniel Ricciardo. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's exciting. And you know what? Uh, props to Checo, man, on his return, getting that P5. Although, I mean, it should have been a P4 if we're real here. That penalty for getting, what was it? For not obeying blue flags. Yeah. Um, Five-second penalty, which gave Stroll P4. In the end of the day, Racing Point still gets their four and five, but I uh, kind of felt bad for for Checo there. Yeah, I mean, how uh, realistically? How how is how is, I want to know like how that was judged? Like they've got it on their dash, and and uh, it wasn't like he. To me, that was a, just just not an unnecessary penalty. I think you know it's also it's another. I don't know if it's the FIA or the stewards like just trying to continually check Racing Point. You know, maybe Ferrari called him up. Was like, well, it doesn't look like Checo's uh, letting Lewis pass. You know, like maybe there's a little. Bit, I'm just kidding. There's probably not that because <laughs> it's but. clearly not. It's clearly not Mercedes. I mean, like I don't think Lewis was in uh, any danger of losing the race. No. I don't. I mean, and Checo even said like, yeah, it's the last sector which is hard to let people buy, so I let him buy on the straight. And like Checo's not. He's not like that kind of driver who's going to block someone. Yeah, he's not notorious for that. No, so that was kind of bullshit. But at the end of the day, good fucking result for Racing Point, and I think Stroll did deserve that P four just just by a start, dude, because he also passed Perez on his way to passing Botas. So, yeah, yeah, I strong. Mean, yeah, Lance Stroll is. Uh, we gave him <laughs> last season. We gave him a lot of shit, um, you know, and I think it was it was deserved because we, you know, it's like all right. Well, your dad bought a team, and now you're going to be on that team, and it's just like really, like, come on. But I have to say, I think he's earned his stripes this year. Uh, Def- I think definitely, yeah. yeah he's he's developing it like a strong racer, and I think uh, Checo is, uh, should definitely be getting on the phone because uh, yeah, there's going to be a reshuffling really soon, um, and Vettel might be stealing a seat next year, so. Yeah, let's keep an eye out for that. Uh, Vettel, driver of the day, P11 to P7 on a one-stop strategy. Now we're I giving mean, away driver of the he day. Got, for he got that. driver of the day. By a big margin, too. Yeah, it was like, I think, 29%, and then the next one was 21%. So Feels a bit like a pity vote, you know. <laughs> Dude, I have to. I had to believe when I saw those stats coming in watching the race. I was like, it's got to be a bunch of Ferrari fans just voting. 
you know, like everybody just, we just want to, we want to win somehow, you know. Or maybe it's the Germans, like they mobilized because remember Hulk got driver of the day on his last Grand Prix with Renault. And everyone was like, okay, that's the Hulk pity vote again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's maybe there's some sort of German Reddit, like F1 Reddit that we're not, you know, we, we don't know about. We're not privy to. Uh, but Vettel drove a strong race uh, once again. Like he's, uh, I mean, I would not say once again, finally, like he's putting in something. Um, uh, but before we get into Vettel's race, uh, Leclerc is looking pretty racy out there and looking pretty strong. Had a, had a couple of battle, had a battle with Norris there at the beginning of the race until his engine cut out the chicane and he basically spun. Yeah, that that Lando, that Lando, uh, Charles battle was super fun to watch and it went on for about three laps. Yeah. But like for like a few corners there, it was getting really nice, like going off the curb, going off the track. I don't mind that actually. I love it. And yeah, too bad that can continue because that would have been, that would have lasted the whole race. I feel that's, that's actually what I'm really excited about with this new generation. Just, just that level of, of racing. Um, they don't seem to be super scared to, to, to go, at that level. Um, I think we've missed that for quite a few years. Yeah. I don't think, I personally don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's the, a regulation thing where the FIA was being, uh, was being annoying with, uh, you know, maneuvers for a few years and now they're more lenient and allowing for more okay. of those fights. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. But I agree with you. I'm excited. I mean, I can't wait to see Norris, Leclerc, science, Max, and hopefully those all those guys taking it to Lewis George before Russell. he retires. Hmm? George Russell, for not, sure. Won't be able to take it to, to Lewis, but... Not yet. Not yet. Well, you know, maybe when he replaces Botas in 2022. Ooh. He said it. You, hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do that voice again. <laughs> it's my Batman voice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, Vettel... Okay. Um... I don't even know where to go with Vettel, but I think that we both have our uh, quotes of the week um, around Vettel. So do you want to go first? Yeah. So mine was one. Um, <clears throat> Martin Brundle said it during the race. And basically, um, I I almost feel bad, but Martin Brundle has a very dry sense of humor. Where, like, he does. He, you, you know that he's saying it to be cheeky, but like um, it, it, it hurts because it's one of those, those, you know, one of those chirps that, uh, you're going to think about like three or four days later, like when you're taking a dump or something, like you're just like, oh man, that motherfucker said that. And, like, then your, your ego's real hurt. And, um, anyway, uh, yeah. Man, Martin, I think I missed it. So yeah, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah. He said, I'm not sure where Seb spends his Christmases, but I'm sure he can't wait to get there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, with that that's a that's a dig oh shit dude yeah that's a real that's a real martin brundle quote for you <laughs> was that wait was this during the race or when when did he say this it was during the race yeah it was like um it was when i think it was when seb got overtaken by um the racing points okay and oh gasly had a good overtake on seb at one point too it was either when when he got yeah it was either when checo Overtook him or, or uh, Carlos signs. Ooh, well, you know, everyone's making a big deal out of the radio messages, um, and clearly, Ferrari does not give a shit about Vettel anymore. Just as like Red Bull is using Albon as like a test, like throwing him out on. Because I I want to mention this before because it's it's it didn't put Albon in a positive light either that they put him on a one-stop strategy super early and he had to like fend for himself in traffic. Uh, they did the same to Vettel and, and yeah, you could just tell me, it's just like, it's just not, it's not going well. My quote is from Ross Brown and in his uh, column from on formula one.com, which I love. And all right, it goes like this. They are in the period of a divorce where the papers have been served, but the divorce hasn't gone through. It's very awkward. The chemistry between a driver and their team is so important. You're part of a team and you succeed as a team and fail as a team. Managing managing that dynamic is always a challenge. It's exactly that. It seems like a weird relationship that you know is ending and like you don't know what to do in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, it's 
even yeah, it's starting to get contentious on the radio. Like, um, I mean, I think Seb's going to stick the season out, but yeah, it definitely feels like you know nobody really gives a shit anymore. And and um, I remember there's there was a <clears throat> there's a quote from like from the film Senna that I think is really um, pertinent to this moment. It's like you know when you're in that position. Basically, you're at a point now where um, you know your engineers stop trusting you. They stop sharing information with you. Uh, they don't feel the need to communicate with you effectively. Um, <clears throat> and it's sad to see that because it's like you've been signed for a contract and like you're you're still part of the team. Um, but I feel like in F1, it's particularly bad in these moments versus other sports. Yeah, because I mean, then you're you're just so alone. Like you have a whole. It feels like you have a whole team against you. Then, but I'm curious to see where this is going to lead because there are people that are already saying that you know is Seb going to finish out the year, and I might be rooting for like a huge shakeup. Maybe throw in uh, I don't know, throw in like a junior driver in a Alpha. You know, kind of switch things up uh, if Seb wants to retire or is already signed with Aston Martin. Let's see where that goes. Um, uh, but looking at the back now, finishing up on uh, on the Grand Prix, not much going on, man. Alpha had some more pace this weekend, um, and you know they had a few battles. Uh, Renault was absolutely nowhere this weekend. Nowhere, just <clears throat> no just pace. Super inconsistent. Um, yeah. yeah, like they <clears throat> they showed some some promise through practice and and then yeah just nowhere to be found and you know it was one of those weird weekends where like they're not far because that midfield is super tight but they just can't jump anyone so like danny rig finished p11 but he was right behind that whole you know train of four or five cars in the end fighting for the last points so let's see if they can um you know, get their shit together for the next few races. Um, you know, I, I Alpha- feel like I, I will say on that, I do feel Renault. I feel like Daniel Ricardo is going to put some serious work in um, these next few races, but I just don't feel like Renault's keeping up with the other teams in terms of the packages they're bringing to each weekend. Um, <clears throat> we might also be at a point too where uh, Danny Rick is is starting to you know, transition out and like, people are just like, well, he's not going to be here next year anyway. So why bother? Right. But mm-hmm. that, I'm not getting that sense from Renault though. Cause I, he made a joke actually prior to the race about how, if he gets a podium, surreal has to get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> Their bet. That's, that's yeah, a pretty good one. Yeah. Actually really good bet. So it still seems like there's some playfulness. Uh, it's definitely not at the point we're seeing with Ferrari. So that's, that's good. But um, oh, and I don't think it will ever get to that point with them. No, because Daniel, Daniel Ricciardo is not that kind of kind of guy either. If you had asked me before the season, like if you know if an awkward situation were to come up, I would have said, "Oh, maybe at Renault." But uh, yeah, I'm surprised that uh, they're keeping it together. And also, you know, uh, Ocon is struggling to keep up, but apparently, there he has had a, a problem with his engine unit over the last few uh, races which uh, might explain some of that. So I'm going to keep an eye on that because I know you're the first one to say that Danny Rake is beating Ocon comfortably. So it's happening. I'm sorry. Like it, 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 Ocon and even Ocon admitted, he said like, you know, he was talking about how he, um, you know, he, he's still not up to speed like he was in, in 2018 when he was back on the grid for last on the grid. Um, you know, and I, I do think this Renault car is very difficult to drive, as we've seen. I mean, Daniel Ricciardo is a, a multi, multiple uh, Grand Prix winner, um, and he's he's having challenges. And he's one of the most, like, I think one of the drivers that's the biggest risk takers in Formula One. So um, when you've got a guy like that who's who's struggling with a car, I, I, what's happening with Ocon doesn't shock me. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye because uh, like, I feel like they're they're gonna have to bring some updates anyway soon. So let's hope to see those two, you know, at least like get back in the mix, you know, fighting for some points. Um, Williams, kind of you know, status quo, uh, fighting in the back there, and Haas actually is worth mentioning because on 
Friday, FP1, FP2, Grosjean was P5 and P6, and he actually thought there was pace in there, and it was very promising, and only he had the pace, and Magnussen didn't. Uh, but they kind of crumble throughout the race, and Grosjean had a bit of a sloppy race end, in which we had a bit of a moment on WhatsApp um, the other day, because. <laughs> but we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but nothing much to say for Haas. Is there ever? I mean, uh, it's fucking embarrassing, dude. Like, they're the, as an American, it's it's just embarrassing. Like, you know, I, I, first of all, I'm not. I, I would. I'm happy that if K Mag stays there, because so I, I do think K Mag sees potential in the car, but it's just not there. Um, just the Grosjean situation just gets me every fucking weekend, dude. And this is our point of contention was, did Grosjean have a Grosjean moment? And we settled it, but it got heated for a second. You know, after all, <clears throat> I'm going to concede something here, which I don't like doing with you, but... Um, Let me make sure I'm recording. Okay. Yeah, well, it is being recorded, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a hard dumbass. Hit. Sorry. Uh, it was. Uh, no comment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so anyway... I'm going to concede something here. I, w- I rewatched the race yesterday. Um, and after, after, you know, further review, <laughs> Grosjean almost had Grosjean moments, um, big time. Uh, but you know, like he spun it, but then he was able to get the, keep the car on track. Um, that was a good, that was a good save. I was I impressed with that save, but it was also because of driver error that it was even in that position. So, Right. Um, yeah, right. You know, it's like, <laughs> what's the, what's, he put what's himself the, in the spin. So, yeah. <laughs> and then he, you know, but he got himself out. So, give him that. There was, there are a couple incidents with Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy called him a fucking idiot. Um, rightly so. Right. Which is correct. Yeah, correct. You know, and it's just, so there were a lot of just little moments here and there, but it wasn't a full Grosjean bottle job. So, in that point, I will concede thank, that I did not. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for conceding that because, I mean, I could see you were going to bring that up and I was like, all right, let's get ready for fight to fight. I'll tell you one thing. If he had spun and put it in the gravel trap, for me, that would have been an absolute Grosjean moment. See, that's the thing. I was like, come on, put it in the gravel. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, because I had forgotten about the Grosjean moment. I was like, oh, I just want to see Grosjean. I just want to see him fail. (laughs) <laughs> at this point because oh, it's the, so mean but it's it's just like i mean nothing against him it's just the race was not the most exciting in the end so at least you know give us a safety car uh all that but so there was no garage on moment we decided for this race no um one thing i do want to bring up before we go to the the grandstand championship uh charles leclerc and ferrari in my opinion, are very close to a Grosjean moment in this race because when Charles' engine basically shut off in third gear, made it turn like it, he, he went into a spin, so it wasn't his fault. Started up again, he removed his seatbelt. He drove out. Did you hear about this? I thought his seatbelt just came undone. He 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 removed the seatbelt and then it, it, the attach for the seatbelt kind of flew off. He he tells Ferrari. Uh, hey, I need to box because my my seatbelt is is not on. And Ferrari says, "No, no, we don't see anything wrong. Keep going." He says, "I'm boxing." So he made the right call. Comes in and he says, "Get get the attach ready because we need to change that." And Ferrari didn't have it, and he told him, "I told you guys to have it ready." So you could just see how like kind of unorganized they are because you know the driver told him about two or three times on the radio, "Prepare that shit. I need it." And Basically, they weren't ready for him. You know what? Ferrari, and I think, yeah, I think that was very dangerous. So if if, uh, and I'm pretty shocked that they're not getting penalized by it. But once again, it is Ferrari. But that was, you know, especially given his history and his, you know, you know, freak accidents in F1 happen. You know, if he got hit by another car, like who knows what could have happened there. So yeah. I think that's a red card for Ferrari. You know, Ferrari reminds me of like, as if it's it's as if like, um a McDonald's staff is working at like a Michelin star restaurant. Jesus. 
<laughs> like, I mean, that's that might be a little harsh, but you know, hey, be, some be, people are really nice in those fast food restaurants. Hey, too, look, so. that's totally fine. But I'm saying like one that's like you know, run on the side of a highway in like the middle of like Arkansas, right? Um, but I just shout out to Arkansas. Yeah, shout out, you know, shout out Arkansas. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Um, no, but you know what I mean. It's just it's getting to a point where between Seb, you know, kind of banter with his his team the fuck-ups that charles has had um with his his like that's 100 he was having a good race by all state you know um you know not where ferrari wanted to wants to be but charles was having a good competitive race and then the engine just shuts off on him and and um what ferrari fucked him yeah and then ferrari fucked him even further so it's like you know there's just a lot of mistakes made and it keeps happening I feel like at the end of the season, there's just got to be a full, and it's. I hope it's happening now. But just a review of protocols of, um, of you know, everything that needs to be in place for a race. Like all those protocols need to be reexamined, um, and communication, quite frankly, needs to be examined as well. Like how you communicate. I mean, we we all talk about this and in uh on on race day but yeah like you're going for a fast lap you're going for a fast lap you know like the the engineer voice is so annoying at ferrari too just oh yeah i hate it but yeah ferrari has a shitload of things yeah they they need to get their house in order and they have time 2022 i think is their their goal uh sorry let's 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 get to the stand championship um i hate it we 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 both got points for Lewis pole. You got points for Lewis victory, uh, but your podium was fucked up, and I got the podium. So I'm now at 28, and you're at 21. Why, yeah, why, hold and- on, hold, slow down, dude. Like let's. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> like, you sound like you sound like Charles's engineer. <laughs> First of all, fuck you. I'm trying to ra- I'm trying to wrap it up so I give you a minute to talk about your Indy 500 oval race here. Uh, but oh, if you, you if don't you do- say oval race like that, dude. <laughs> Jeez, don't man. call me don't yo don't call me a Ferrari engineer. It's an insult these days. Okay, you're a fucking Ferrari fanboy, dude. At heart, so <laughs> deal with it. Fanboy, no, because like, uh, but I, I'm a fan, like every other self-respecting motorsport fan. Uh, all right, so you want me to get into it? All right, so you got one point for Hamilton and three points for the race. So you got four points. Yeah. So you went from 17 to 21, and I had one point for pole, and then I had three, two, one. So that's six plus one, seven, and I went to 28, pulling away just as Lewis is. In the championship. I mean, uh, that's a seven-point gap right there, dude. That's one race weekend, and I'm back on top. I mean, if you, I mean, if you get the Grosjean moment next race, it could get your. I mean, that's why it's so interesting this year, at least for our championship. Uh, we're going to Spa, and there might be a few changes in the regulations here. We're not sure, but this moment, FIA wants to ban the party mode, so. Let's see. Let's see what that does. Let's see if uh, the FIA can slow down Mercedes. I don't think they will. And I'll tell you right now, I think Lewis is going to be on pole. And I think Lewis is going to get P1. Um, Botas getting P2. And I'm throwing it out there. P3 is going to be... We're going to get a a non-top three podium. And Checo Perez getting P3. Okay. Which me which means that so if I call Checo Perez podium, does that mean he's automatically my one point five also? Or do we or do I put someone else? I think it's one point five. So it's my automatic one point five also. Yeah. All right. Grosjean moment in this race will go to Kviat for me. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. <clears throat> um so uh, my thing here is rain. There's always a, a good chance of rain at Spa this time of year. Um, I'm going Max on pole. Oh, bold. Yeah. I'm going Max P1. All right. Okay. You're definitely going for those points. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. the risk. Um, I'm going Ham P2. Ham P2. Okay. And... Um, 
I don't, yeah, I don't. I definitely don't think the racing points get a podium this weekend. I think Spa's too too much of a technical track for that to happen. Um, very racy track though. So um, this P three, um, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm go with Botas. Okay. Okay. Who gets one point five for you? Um, I'm going with Danny Rick. Nice. I was thinking of putting Danny Rick as well. That's a strong move. He's just hungry, dude. He's just hungry. And it's a driver track too. So yeah. Um, and for Grosjean moment, I'm going to go with the OG. (laughs) It's bound to happen at some point. It's got to. So we have a week off now before spa and hopefully a lot of rain. That'd be dope. But in the meantime, you know, my apologies for, uh, for the oval race comment. I didn't think, you know, it's just that I felt insulted by the race engineer thing. Yeah, dude. Uh, but we're, we're, we're going, we're going to Indy and you're going to Indy this week. I am. Uh, yeah. So we've got a break in the, in the calendar, the formula one calendar, but, uh, I think smartly enough, IndyCar planned and probably coordinated with, um, the boys at Liberty media, to make sure that they planned <clears throat> the rescheduled Indy 500 on a weekend there was not a Formula One race. I think that's good for motorsport. Um, I think it's good that there's there's no competing uh, calendar um, competing calendar events on uh, on the weekend. So I agree. Indy 500 yeah. this weekend. It's uh, it's so at first they they said that they're going to have 50 percent capacity of fans. So just. The Indy 500 is the biggest sporting event in the world. There's 350,000 people that show up to the track on a regular year. Um, I think the most it's ever been, there were 400,000 like at one point, um, just standing room only situations. And then they were starting, they were running, IndyCar was running uh, races at 50% and then 25% capacity. And I guess they were having trouble, you know, making sure that people were abiding by the rules and made a, a, I think, difficult decision. Also, Penske bought the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the last year. Uh, So we got that Penske manager there, which is, I think, great for the track. Um, The most winningest team in uh, American open wheel racing. And are you uh, going are you going to the track? I so I'm going to go to the track on Friday. So Friday's like the last day of practice. It's called Carb Day. Um, I just want to go to the track and hear the cars. So that's what I'm going to be doing on Friday. There's some bars that are going to be open in the neighborhood. Grab a beer, um, and uh, yeah, just you. You need to do us a favor and like maybe shotgun a beer or two and just hit record and just give us like the lowdown on on Friday of what's going on. Like a one minute. <laughs> I'll Knowles, give a, a five-minute Knowles preview of Indy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got um, Marco Andretti's on pole. Uh, Fernando Alonso is, I be, believe, somewhere in the midfield. Row uh, nine, I think. He's right behind uh, last year's winner. Yeah. Um, Pagano. Pagano. And, um, yeah, he, he, he had a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a shunt and crash in practice last week. Um, just came down a little bit too low and threw it into the wall. And But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to be in the city because the thing about Indianapolis that month, during the month of May is what they call it. Um, it's, uh, it's a really big thing for the state of Indiana, big thing for the city of Indianapolis. They don't have any of that, all the pageantry, so... It'll be interesting to see it. It's the first time in the history of the race they've ever run it without fans. So, wow, yeah, this year is just, uh, yeah, it's going to be that asterisk year. So, what, uh, just give us like a, a quick. Uh, what are the three things to watch out, like look out for in this race? Um, Honda uh, dominated practice, dominated qualifying. There's one. <clears throat> there's one Chevrolet engine in the 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 top nine the first three rows uh wow. of the race so look out for for honda to just dominate the race but <clears throat> i think uh keep keep an eye on those penskis because the penske is going to be fast um marco andretti is on pole marco um had a really big 
intro to IndyCar uh, back in 2006 or was it 2006? 2006 when he actually led the race and then finished in second um, and hasn't had a lot of success since then. So it's interesting to see him back on pole. So watch out for that. Um, and then I think look out for, for some of the, 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 you know, some of the bigger names look out for Fernando, you know, uh, just because he's starting in the back doesn't mean he can't win the race. I mean, Indy, uh, let's Juan Pablo Montoya won the race starting in 32nd, uh, in 2015. So, uh, you know, that just goes to show it's a, it's a, it's a race about strategy, speed, and, uh, and honestly just balls really, especially towards the end. All right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think the only thing I can say is that I think at some point we will see Alonso up near the front. I don't know if he's going to win, but I definitely think he's going to put on a good show and I'm just glad that he's uh, starting this year. No qualifying fiasco. <laughs> and if you do run into Zach Brown, let him know that your boy saw him at Barcelona. And I told him, you know, I'll see you in Indy. We're going to all be there together. But, you know, COVID had other plans for us. And let him know about the grandstand. Tell him it's uh, it's going strong. Definitely. You know what? I've got a meeting schedule with, with Zach Brown. Uh, on oh, Friday. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude. Make sure you get that, that beer shotgun. Get shotgun a beer. <laughs> go see Zach Brown. The grandstand is a really good podcast. And to just sign some deals. I don't know what. Just sign something. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I think what you should do also is you should probably throw a few photos of, you know, if you do get near the track or maybe some videos with like that audio of the, the cars going on Friday and uh, post that to our um, our Twitter at the Grandstand F1 and our Instagram as well at the Grandstand F1. You guys should definitely follow that. Um, make sure uh, give us like a thumbs up or whatever it is for podcast. What is it? Give us a review <laughs> wherever you listen to it. And uh, what was that? Put some stars on it. You know, put so. some stars. Yeah, give us give us five stars. Give us four stars. Give us three, give us two stars. We don't. You just give us. Yeah. Uh, eh, don't just, give us two stars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe four. Yeah, start at four. It's kind of like Uber, you know, you don't want to mess up that rating. But yeah, we'd love to to have more of you on our other social uh, media platforms. And we're looking forward to bantering with you from Indy live with fucking Knowles. Yeah, I yeah. cannot wait. And we'll see you next week for an Indy debrief and a spa preview. Preview. Signing off. <laughs>